You're listening to Real Faith Radio, presented by Praise Chapel, Las Vegas. This is where real faith meets real change. Be sure to listen to us through Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, SoundCloud, and Spotify. Follow us on your favorite service to get instant notifications when new episodes are available to download or stream. You can also check us out on social media at PC Las Vegas and visit our website, PraiseChapelLasVegas.com to find out more about what PCLV is all about. With that being said, listen up, because here comes the word. Thank you for this time that we can come together in this midweek service. We thank you for this powerful testimony of how faithful you are when you know the needs of your people. And so I pray right now, Lord, that you open up our hearts our understanding today, and speak to us, Holy Spirit, and that you would move. I pray for those that have an ear, let them hear what the Spirit of the Lord will say, Father God, that they would hear the voice behind the voice, Lord, that we will leave this place refreshed, Lord, in Jesus' mighty name, and all of God's people say, amen. Come on, give the Lord some praise, amen, hallelujah. Go ahead and grab your seats tonight. Praise the Lord, amen. Uh, we were blessed on Sunday, amen. We had a, a great time as I started the, the message, amen. Of course, the, the youth are going to get released, hallelujah, back there for their refuel Wednesday night service back there. Praise the Lord. But uh, on Sunday, as I started the, uh, our ministry, I believe it's going to go into, I think I got another message out of it for uh, who was your Judas. And so uh, we started that that. Uh, that series, and it was just a, a powerful time, amen. The, the altars were, were full with people, and a lot of people came up dealing with betrayal, amen. And with betrayal, people deal with bitterness, anger, hatred. But if you look at all that, all that is rooted to unforgiveness, amen. And so tonight, I want to minister a message entitled, Forgive and Let Go. Somebody say, Forgive. And let go. How many, know, how many here can testify that it's not easy to forgive at times? Come on, let's be real, right? Come on, it's, it's sometimes, you know, come on, spouses. You know, it's, sometimes it's hard to forgive for something that, that you know, man, that, man you, you know that, that would have hurt, you know, that hurts me. Or you know that that would have bothered me. And so sometimes certain things that we do in our lives, amen, it's not easy to forgive sometimes because it's not natural in our flesh to forgive. It fights against our flesh, amen. We don't want to. We'd rather hold on to it. We'd rather get even or hit back. Come on, somebody say amen, hallelujah. But unforgiveness, if we're dealing with unforgiveness, it sometimes can become an anchor in our walk with God if it's not dealt with. And so uh, we can go so far with God. We can be on fire with God. We can be doing things for God. But then there's going to be that point in our life because of unforgiveness that is going to stop us from going to further with God or going to deeper with God or, or even going into the blessings of God because we're dealing with unforgiveness in our lives. Can somebody say amen? So, you see, forgiveness requires a supernatural. It requires a supernatural, requires humility, grace, and self sacrifice. Amen. Forgiveness requires the supernatural. Come on, by ourselves, we can't forgive, right? So it needs something supernatural. It requires humility. We got to humble ourselves. 
grace, amen. We need God's grace and we need self-sacrifice because without Jesus, church, it is truly impossible to truly forgive. When we truly understand how much he has forgiven us, then we can truly forgive others. Did you understand that? When we understand how he has forgiven us, when we can understand, man, God, you forgave me for these things, then we can truly start to understand how we can forgive others. So when we do that, church, when their freedom comes and we can, when we can, when we can uh, uh, forgive somebody, we're going to discover freedom in our lives. Something's going to happen. Something's going to set us free. In Matthew chapter 26, 41, it says this, Watch and pray so that you don't fall into temptation. The spirit, the supernatural, is willing, but the flesh, the natural, is weak. Amen. How many can agree with that? I mean, inside of us, we want to do the right thing. But you know what? We really don't want to do it on the outside. When it happens, you know, inside we want to do what's right, but outside we do what's wrong. Come on, somebody say amen. You know, there's just things that we, we know what we need to do, but when, thing hap- when things happen and, and we get slapped with life or something is done to us, amen, we react in the flesh. Uh, Matthew chapter 5 verse 8 says, Blessed are pure in heart, for they shall see God. So according to this beatitude right here, amen, there are things that can stop you and I from seeing God. Listen, we may never see a mighty move of God. You may not never see a mighty move of God in your life until you let these offenses go. So forgive and let go. Say that with me. Forgive and let go. To illustrate on forgiveness, I've chosen one of the best examples in the Bible for tonight. By the man by the name of Joseph. I mean, Joseph was tested in the area of forgiveness and came out on the other side victorious and gracious. If you know the story of Joseph, how many know the story of Joseph? Joseph had a what? He had a dream. Joseph had a dream, amen, and and the dream was that, you know what, that he was, uh, was going to be something great, amen. And this dream came from God. But his brothers became very jealous over that dream. And they tried to kill his dream by taking Joseph out by his own brothers. Come on, you, you, ever, you ever known anybody as a dream killer? Come on, maybe somebody in your family, amen, you came in with an excited dream and they just crushed it. Man, I was going to do that. God, I'm going to do it. And then, boom, you just got crushed. And you're like, oh, man, that was, that's jacked up. Usually it's by a family member. Come on, somebody. Well, let's go to the story here. Go to Genesis chapter 37, verses 18 to 20. I'm reading out of the New Living Translation. I, I, I read something on Facebook that, you know what, you got to watch what translations you, you read out of. The thing is, all translations are, are used. To bring out the best example, but you should always study to where the original context comes from. All right? Doesn't mean that it's not right, it's not wrong. You just got to back it up and study a little bit more. That, and this is the truth, amen, because there are certain, there are certain uh, 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 versions of the Bible that come out more, a little bit more clarity that talk to us and we can understand it a little bit more. But if you go to the original context, then you can understand that. There's sometimes there are scriptures that are missing from some 
some versions, but there's always a footnote that tells you if you click on that, it tells you what, what's missing. And so all, all of them are great. As long as you line it up, amen, go back to the King James or the New King James Version to get more clarity, but other versions just bring it out more better. But they all do good. But that means you've got to study your word, amen, to make sure that it's all connected. Can somebody say amen? And that's all I'll talk about that, amen, hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Because I lose a lot of translations for, for my preaching, but I, I use what's going to be best to describe you or to help us here to understand or bring it out a little bit better what I'm ministering on. And so, uh, but you can always connect it. It's connected. Check it out to the original context and everything will be okay. Amen? Don't let the devil lie to you guys. Amen. Hallelujah. It says right here in, in, in uh, Genesis chapter 37, verse 18 to 20, it says, When Joseph's brother saw him coming, they recognized him in a distance, and as he approached, they made plans to kill him. Here comes the dreamer, they said. Come on, let's kill him and throw him into one of these uh, citrons, and we can tell our father that a wild animal has eaten him, and then, and then we'll see what becomes of his dreams. Man. His brothers threw Joseph into a pit. They said, you know what, let's grab this guy, man. He's, he's talking, he's going to be great, he's going to rule over us. If you, if you, as you go back to Genesis and study the dream that he had, amen, his brother says, you know what, why don't we just throw him in a pit, let him die there, and we just tell dad that, you know, some animals just came and just tore up Joseph. But then at the end, they started to feel a little guilty, so they ended up selling him into what? Slavery. Come on, I don't know if you've ever been thrown by a, under the bus by somebody. Come on. Nobody here, amen? I don't know. I've been thrown under the bus a few times, amen. Hallelujah. But here, the, you just felt like you've been thrown under the bus. Yet, in all that had happened to Joseph, he was able to say in Genesis chapter 50, verse 20, you intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done. I mean, what a great attitude Joseph had. I mean, what a great perspective and insight that no matter what you have said, no, one, no matter what you have done, my God has the final word. Come on, somebody. Come on. You know, it doesn't matter. You know what? You're short on your rent. I'm $200 left. You know what? It doesn't matter because God has the final word. Amen. So it doesn't matter what you're going through or what things are being accused of you or thrown at you. God has the final word. My God has a greater plan than what you're talking about. My, my, my God has the final word over my life, over my situation, over my circumstance. Amen. His plan is greater than what you're talking about. So let's look at the attack. Come on, if we are to forgive and let go, we must not focus on the attack. You cannot focus on the attack. Come on, now, don't, don't, don't be focused on the incident. Don't be anchored because someone or something has attacked you in one way or another. God wants to bless you. How many believe that? Come on, God wants to bless How many want to be blessed by God? How many know that God wants to bless you? You know, we, we, we studied a prayer about the Jabez prayer, our, our God wants to bless us, and we need to recognize the need to be blessed. we got to recognize who is the one that blesses, amen, 
and know that God will bless us indeed because that's what he wants to do to us is to bless his children. But if you will, I'm, I'm letting you know here today, you are not going to enjoy the blessings of God if you hold on, listen, to unforgiveness in your heart. Did you know that? That if you're harboring something, you have unforgiveness in your life, that there's sometimes we can hold back the very blessings of God, what he wants to pour upon us because of unforgiveness. You need to quit worshiping. Listen, church. You need to quit worshiping other people's opinions about you as though they hold your future and your destiny. Come on. It doesn't matter what they say or what they do to you. When God is getting ready to bless you, none of that really matters. Come on, somebody. Come on. It does not matter. It's not what people say about you that matters. Amen. It's who God says you are. Hallelujah. Come on. In how you view yourself that makes all the difference. I don't know about you, man, but, I, but I, you know what? I am highly favored and I'm blessed. Amen. I, I believe that in my life. And you got to believe that in your life. And so I, I understand the God that I serve. I, I know that what God says about me, amen. So I'm not going to worry about other people's opinions. See, if you view yourself as an overcomer, guess what? You'll be an overcomer. Come on. But if others are saying you're a loser, amen, you'll never be no one, and you worship that opinion, guess what you're going to be? A loser. So you know what? I'm not going to listen to those things. I'm going to listen to what God says I am. Remember when Jesus asked his disciples, who do you, who do you say I am? Remember that? Come on. And they, their response was what? Some say that you're this and some say that you're that. Some say you're a prophet. Some say you're a teacher. And Jesus stops him. He says, you know what? That's not the question I asked you. I said, who do you say I am? Who do you say I am? He wasn't asking their opinion of the other people. He was asking them, who do you say I am? Of course, we know that Peter is commended for his response. He says, flesh him. He, he says, you know what? He responds. He goes, I know who you are. You're the Christ, the son of the living God. Right? And Jesus commends him and says, you know what? Flesh and blood have not revealed this to you, but my father who is in heaven. What he was telling Peter is, Peter, you get it. My father, the spirit has shown you who I am. And then he goes on to tell him in Matthew 16, 18. He says, upon this rock, talking to Peter, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not stand, cannot, will not be able to prevail against it. Church, you got to understand, what they say, when I speak about they, the outsiders, family that's not saved, co-workers and friends, those who mock your faith, amen, it really doesn't matter what they say, amen. You've got to understand that what you are and who you are and who God says you are. If the Lord, if you say the, that, that, that God is your God, amen, that he's your Messiah, that he's your healer, that he's your Savior, that he's your everything, then you're going to survive any attack by anybody at any time if you know who you belong to. Come on, somebody. You'll be able to go through anything. It doesn't matter what they say or what they do. All that it matters is who he is. He's your God. 
Is he your Lord? Is he your Savior? Is he your healer, your master, your everything? So it doesn't matter what they say, amen, as long as you know who he is to you. I don't care what they say. I know what my God is. I know who my God is. I know what, what God can do in my life. It doesn't matter the circumstances. You can talk as what, much as you want, amen, and, uh, but you know what? The bottom line is what my God talk, says about me. See, as we take a look at Joseph's life, we, as we take a closer look and study his life, I, I see a man, in my opinion, who has developed a master degree in forgiveness. Come on, his brothers are jealous. They throw him into a pit to try to, to kill him. They end up selling him into slavery. He ends up in Potiphar's house as a servant. Then Potiphar's wife lies about him, falsely accuses him of attempted rape. Come on, can I tell you something, church? You don't have to do nothing wrong or, get, or, 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 or anything wrong, amen, to get lied about or slandered about. Come on, you can do all the right things, amen. You can be doing good. You can be on the right track, amen. And this can still happen to you. It can simply be sometimes an attack of Satan trying to disqualify you. In Genesis 39, Potiphar's wife tells her husband, you got to understand what has happened before this point, before this, this, this uh, communication between her husband happened. This happened after Joseph told her, no, I'm not going to lie with you. He told her, you know what, how can I do such a thing to Potiphar and to sin against my God? So after being rejected, she tells her husband, he came after me and tried to rape me. And because of the lie, Joseph ends up in prison. You would think, God, I'm doing everything right. You know that I, I didn't sleep with this woman. You know that what she's saying is a lie. You know what? What's, what's going on, God? You ever, you ever told God that, amen? You're doing everything right, but things seem to come against you. And so here is Joseph. He could have thought the same thing and said, God, what's up? I'm, I'm keeping uh, my commandments for you. I'm serving you with all my heart. I, I, you know I'm not doing that. I, I, I'm, I'm living right before you yet. I'm getting accused of all these things, or I'm, getting, I'm running to just a, a string of bad luck. But he doesn't blame God. He continues to serve God wholeheartedly. What Joseph did through all that was remain still and know that he's still God. On top of that, he goes to prison, and what does he do? He helps the prisoners. He interprets their dreams, and he's, he helps them out and gets them even out earlier than himself. And he told them, you know what, when you, when you leave, can you remember about me? Can, can, you, can you drop a line every once in a while? Or can you drop a line to the, to the king and tell him what I did for you, that maybe I can be released a little earlier? But when they left and got out, guess what? They forgot about Joseph. They forgot all the good things that he did for them. When they got out. Have you ever helped somebody out? And then later when you were in need, forgot about you? Come on, don't look at them right now. <laughs> Come on. When people were needing you, you were there for them. And then they got over their situation, uh, you know, and now they're nowhere to be found. Where you were in a time of need, amen, you needed some help? Well, it's a different story for you. 
See, if we allow these people to affect you to a point where you harbor bitterness and unforgiveness, it will anchor you. You'll get anchored. Come on. It'll keep you in prison. It's like you become the prisoner and these other ones are let go. The offenders are gone. You're the one that's still trapped in jail. You're, you're still confined, amen, in, your, in this mess because of them. They moved on. You can't even move on. You're anchored. You know, you want to do things for God, amen, but th this becomes an anchor that you can only go so far that, that, that that's it. Because of the unforgiveness. You're dealing with unforgiveness, and these guys are, man, they're, they're, they're having a time of their life. They're moving on. They're not even thinking about you no more. But all you're doing is thinking about them because of unforgiveness. You become a prisoner through that. See, Joseph survived all that he went through. And God raised him up. And God remembered him and delivered him and brought him out of prison. See, people may have forgotten about you and what you did. But I'm here to let you know tonight, God never forgets. God never forgets. He never forgets your faithfulness. He never forgets you continue to seek him and serve him. He'll never forget what you do. But he'll bless you. See, God hasn't forgotten you. Sometimes you're thinking, what's up, God? Why am I going through this season? Why am I going through a, this, this, this valley of darkness? Why, why I'm doing everything. I, I tithe. I come to church. I'm faithful. Yet, man, I'm, I seem like I'm just getting slammed everywhere. You ever felt like that? Man, I got, God, I can't even get a break here, but I'm not doing nothing wrong. I, I can see if I'm messing up. I, I can see if I'm falling short. But, God, when I'm being faithful and I'm, I'm crossing my T's and dotting my I's in my walk with you, man, I, what, what's going on? God hasn't forgotten about you. I'm here saying God hasn't forgotten. He's about to raise you up right now. Come on, he's, he's about to show up and show out, amen, and show you that no weapon formed against you shall prosper, amen. Come on, nothing that comes against you will take you out, amen. Come on, God is about to bless you. But if you are carrying unforgiveness inside of you, what you're really saying, church, when you carry that is that the, devil, the devil's weapons are stronger and they can prosper against you. That is stronger than the power that lies within you. But church, I'm here to let you know that if God be for us, come on, if God be for us, amen, nothing can come against us, church. you got to stand on the promises of God. And there are times that you're going to have to be still and know that he's God. Even through the times, uh, come on, uh, just because things happen to you doesn't mean that you're not, you're not being faithful, amen. Things just happen. And sometimes there are testing, uh, and sometimes it's the enemy uh, coming at you, to, like I said, to disqualify you. You've got to remain still because God will not forget you. If we fast forward this story, we see that God brings Joseph out of prison and then puts him as ruler over Egypt. Second in command. Come on. You think he forgot about Joseph? Come on. You think that dream wasn't a dream from God? Everything's coming to pass. He stood faithful. The enemy tried to disqualify him. The enemy tried to take him out. The enemy tried to put it in his mind. You know what? God doesn't care about you. Come on. Your brothers try to kill you. No one cares about you. Amen. You try to help people. They leave you alone. They don't help you out. They forget about you. And God says, you know what? You remain faithful. 
You remain faithful. There was nothing of unforgiveness in Joseph's heart, amen. There was nothing of unforgiveness when Potiphar, who said, man, you know Potiphar. I didn't, I didn't sleep with your wife. It's your wife. You know her. You know how she is. Come on, don't, 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 don't you think that he knew his wife? You know, okay. All right, I better not get there, amen. Hallelujah. I'm going to try to keep it clean here, amen. But she know, he knew that she was a player. I'll leave it at player, amen. I'm being nice. Man, he knew that. He said, man, you know my heart. You know where I'm at. But he said, you know what, if I, if I don't turn them in, then it's not going to look good for me as a king. So backs up and covers the wife, throws him in, and still he remains faithful. And God says, I seen that. There was no bitterness. There was no anger in Joseph. He just went with the flow. He said, God, there's a plan. I know that you're going to do whatever you're doing. I don't know why it's happening. He never questioned God. He says, God, it's in your hands. I know you're going to bless me. I know that this is going to come to pass. I'm going to remain faithful. I'm going to stay still in you and know that you're God. So he makes him ruler, second in command. And now he's prospering. Now, here's, here's years later, he's prospering, he's blessed, he's married. He finds a woman, amen. He's living the land as a, as a, as a second in command, amen. He, he's, he's very, he's very a blessed man. And so in Genesis chapter 41, 50 to 51, it says this. Before the years of the famine came, two sons were born to Joseph. Joseph named the firstborn Manasseh, and he said, it was because God has made me forget all my troubles in all my father's household. You got to understand today that names are very important in the Bible. How they named their child or what, what, why they named them that, amen, had some meaning behind that in the Old Testament. Your name made a statement. A name made a statement. A declaration, it made an announcement. In verse 51 that I just read, it says that Joseph called his firstborn Manasseh. Why Manasseh? Because the name Manasseh in Hebrew means this, causing to forget. Causing to forget. Our text says that for God made me forget all my troubles in all my father's household. See, Joseph forgave. And let go of what his family did to, did to him. His brothers, he forgave. He forgave and he let go. Not, that did not hinder him. It be, did not become an anchor in his life. And I'm not saying that Joseph didn't feel mad or didn't feel good about it. I'm not, I'm not saying it didn't disqualify his feelings. But he stood faithful to God and did not hold nothing against his family. Now, Joseph... He says, I'm naming my first baby Manasseh because I want to let the devil know that I have let my past go. Come on. That, you know what? I, I let my troubles go. I'm cutting off my anchor. You know, nothing is going to hold me back anymore. I'm going to release this, and I'm not going to become a prisoner of it. Are, are you following me? In verse 52, it says that the second son, he named Ephraim. And he said, it's because God has made me fruitful in the land of my suffering. Another translation says the land of my affliction. So Joseph says, I'm going to name my second born Ephraim 
because I had a rough life. I had a tough time. I, I went through some hard situations, but I still got my heavenly blessing from God. I still got blessed. I, I forgave and I let go, but then I got blessed on it, on the other side. I, God has made me fruitful in the land of my suffering, in the land of my affliction. So he says, I'm, go, I'm going to name my second son Ephraim. So Ephraim in the Hebrew means, I shall be blessed indeed. That's what Ephraim means. I shall be blessed indeed. So what's Joseph saying to you and I today? Come on. I believe that Joseph is saying that every time you read about his sons, you'll hear the testimony that the God has helped him to forgive and let go of the troubles and the afflictions in his life. Many times you read about his son Ephraim, you remember because he has forgiven those who have persecuted him, that he's still going to be blessed, that God is still going to bless him. Manasseh means I've forgotten or I've forgiven. Ephraim means I am blessed. Amen. Manasseh, forgotten, forgiven. Ephraim, I am blessed. What people have done to me doesn't matter, church. If I would only forgive, God would lead us to freedom, lead you to freedom and greatness. See, sometimes unforgiveness stops us from those, those things that God wants to do in our lives. He wants to bless you. He wants to prosper you. He wants to, he wants to, he wants to take you to a, a better situation than where you're at today. But sometimes unforgiveness can hold us back and anchor us from those blessings, from receiving those blessings. See, if we can't let go or move on and forgive or cut the anchor, then, then we're going to remain in that cell. We're going to remain as a hostage in the things that God, people have done to us. And these people are not even part of our lives anymore in some cases. They have moved on. They have passed away. Yet we're still anchoring them into our lives because of unforgiveness. We're, we're still remembering what they did to us instead of just letting go. That you can, just, you can, you can have freedom in your life and go with where, where God wants to take you. See, some here today need to forgive someone. You've got to let that person go or that incident go. You know, maybe the Holy Spirit is showing that person right now to you. Maybe that person's in this room. I'm here to let you know that you need to forgive. You need to forgive if you want to walk into the blessings of God. See, until you picture that person and say, you know what, I'm not going to be anchored no more. You know what, I'm, I'm just going to choose to forgive you. You know, just to move on. You know what, I'm, I'm going to choose to move on. See, the choice is really yours. And a lot of us choose to stay there. Thinking that, you know what, as long as I have them in my mind, as long as I, I'm there, you know what, I'm punishing them. You ain't punishing nobody but yourself. You're becoming miserable, bitterness, things, these things will Will, will, will lie into your, into your lives, amen, that will anchor you, that you don't move into total freedom with God. See, if we really understand the, the forgiveness that God has given us, then you understand how to forgive others. Until you do that, church, you're, you're going to have a hard time forgiving somebody. Come on, look at your life. In my life, I look at my life and I say, God, you forgave me for that. You hold it not against me no more. 
And you know what? And, and, and I can walk in freedom saying, man, it's off my back, off my back. It's off my, my mind. You know, God has forgiven me. Why can't I forgive someone else? You need to live, leave here tonight and say, you know what? It, this isn't going to hold me back anymore. I'm, not, I'm, not gonna, I'm gonna go on with my life, and I'm gonna go into greater blessings. I'm gonna let go of that offense. I'm gonna let go of that person once and for all, and I'm gonna move into greatness with God. You know, you may not feel like it, but I'm gonna forgive. I know the devil doesn't want me to, but I'm gonna forgive. I want God's blessing on my life, so I'm going to forgive. You just gotta let go. I mean, really, what are we doing by keeping it? What are you doing? Are you really hurting that other person by holding on? You're miserable in your home. You're, you're, you're miserable in your life, amen, and they're out in Disneyland having a great time. They're all somewhere else, amen, not even thinking about you. And yet you're holding on, thinking that, you, oh, yeah, I'll show them. I'll show them by, by punishing them in my mind, poking their eyes out or whatever, you, whatever thoughts are going in your mind. <laughs> I'll show them, and they're not even thinking one little thing about you. Moved, they, they just moved on, and, and we're harboring over this stuff because of unforgiveness. And so now what it is, we come into the church, listen, and someone reminds you of them, and now you're treating your brother the same way treating your sister the same way because they have the same type of mannerism or something that quickens something. And because unforgiveness, now you got strife inside the church. Are you understanding me? These things start to happen, or whether it be in the workplace, or whatever it is, because of this unforgiveness, you're always going to run into that kind of person that's going to anchor you again. And now you become bondage in your workplace. You be, now you, man, this was a great church, and all of a sudden they showed up, you know, and so it jacks everything up. And the thing is, you can go to another church, and guess what? If you still deal with unforgiveness, you're going to find somebody in that church too. So that's why we got to deal with the stuff within our lives right here, right now. God wants to bless you, and God wants you to prosper you, amen. And yes, you got to let these things go because they're going to anchor you. You're going to have a great time until, boom, that happens. Realize, man, how come I can't go any further with God? How come I can't do this or that? Because you're still anchored to some unforgiveness of your past. So how can you go sailing with God into the things that he wants to take you to, yet you're holding on stuff? He goes, man, I, I have forgiven you. So forgive others, he says. The same way I have forgiven you, go ahead and forgive others. And when we start to do that, church, then you'll be free all the time. There's nothing to worry about. I don't have to be mad at anybody. You know, if I let go, you know, if I, if I, I just forgive and let go, I don't have to worry about anybody. No, why, why would I have to bother myself? I mean, I'd be miserable to come to church. It's like, I don't want to be here because they're there. Right? You ever been to a family function and you didn't want to be there because of a primo or someone that did something to you? And you're still harboring something because he stole your gum at, at the age of six? You have unforgiveness. I mean, it can get silly like that, church. 
Sometimes we harbor over silly things too. Well, you didn't know I really like that gum, Pastor. Here, I'll buy you a pack. Just move on. No, but I want that pack. Back then. We, 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 we really, we come up with these excuses. Why? Because we want to just, we want them to pay the price. Do I hear that they got ran over? I'll be okay. Or whatever it is. Come on, we think, come on, we think like that. Shh, shh, shut up. Broken legs, yeah. Come on, just one broken arm. You know, let them live, but broken arm. Church, we got we to gotta let go. We got to forgive, and we got to let go. Psalms 124.7 says, We have escaped like a bird from a hunter's trap. The trap is broken, and now we are free. Let's get away from that trap, and let's be free, church. Come on, let's get away from the things that, that trap us, and, and we, we can't really enjoy because there's certain things of unforgiveness in our lives. I know betrayal hurts, and I know the altar was come here on Sunday was packed out with people that, that dealt with hurt, and, 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 and it's not a it's not a it's not a nice place to be at when somebody turns their back on you or something like that. But if we don't deal with this, and it's, the thing is, it's gonna it's gonna it's gonna be bitterness, anger, hatred that rises up in our in our spirit that's rooted by unforgiveness. That's the main root. Is if we can pull the root of unforgiveness, and we can be free, church. And we can just step into the blessings of God, amen, and just, just, just continue to do what we need to do for the kingdom of God. So as I close tonight, the end of the story is that Joseph forgave his brothers, and he loved them, and he blessed them. It became a family reunion at the end, but he was able to move on in his life and celebrate with his family all that God had done because he forgave them. He forgave them and brought them back all together, and they were able to enjoy the blessings of God in a time of famine, in a time of need. Here comes Joseph. He says, you know what? He forgives him. He's going to put this act on, and then he just broke down and forgave them. Sometimes we like to see them suffer for a little bit. Bottom line. Yep. <laughs> Still working. You know, we've got to forgive and let go of church. And when we do that, we're going to walk into freedom. Let me tell you, serving God, coming to church, doing what you need to do for God, it's a lot more better than you expect. Amen. Okay, let's all stand up.